Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 389. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Boss Up, and happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Today we are talking about ambitious women and romantic relationships. It is a bit of a fraught conversation. I'm gonna warn you up front because the fact of the matter is, time and again, the data is not great when it comes to how women specifically heterosexual women, are navigating career and love. Before I give you a high-level synopsis of that data, let me first just put a caveat here and say there's not a lot of good research for queer women, LGBTQ plus women. So a lot of the data available out there focuses on heterosexual relationships as it relates to women's ambition. I have a funny feeling that queer folks are getting this way better because so much of the tension comes from traditional gender stereotypes. So we'll get into it, but know that there's a lot of bright spots available to us when it comes to relationships that are not heterosexual uh, by nature. So what's the bad news here? Let me just drop some data and, and bummer bad news on you first. The latest research finds that women who make more money than their husbands in heterosexual marriages are up to three times more likely to be cheated on. Damn, that is cold, right? In fact, research shows that men feel stressed when the women partners in their marriages, in their households, make any more than 40% of the household income. So that's not even like 50-50. Apparently 50-50 earnings stress men out. And when women get promoted to top jobs, it dramatically increases their likelihood to get divorced. This is sad all around. But what's especially sad is it's not just sad for women who are being clearly held to unrealistic standards and facing social penalties known as the ambition penalty. But what's doubly sad here is that we're in this society, this patriarchal society we live in has raised men to see their own wives' success as a threat to their own. That just bums me out for everybody because men who have high-achieving, ass-kicking, high-earning women should feel rightfully delighted by their success. But instead, data from the APA Journal on Personality and Social Psychology finds that men feel bad when their wives win in almost any arena, personally or professionally. So what the hell can we do about this? Well, first and foremost, if you think that this is just going to end when baby boomers die, (laughs) I unfortunately cannot tell you that The data backs that concept up. Millennials in heterosexual marriages are not necessarily doing this much better. In fact, according to an August 2020 report, millennial mothers, which hits home here, 
were nearly three times more likely than millennial fathers to report being unable to work due to a school or childcare closure during the pandemic, belying the fact that millennial women in heterosexual relationships are still shouldering the majority of childcare and housework duties as compared to our millennial counter male counterparts. So what is an ambitious woman to do? What can we do to take some power back in this depressing AF climate that feels like we are doomed in the arena of love if, God forbid, we should care about our career? First, let's remember that marriage is not necessarily the goal. You know, intimate relationships, while important, are not the only source of long-term, meaningful social connection. And strong relationships are important, but that doesn't mean one strong relationship has to be the end-all be-all for your ability to feel connected, loved, and a sense of belonging in your world. It takes a village, so to speak, whether you are married or not, whether you are a parent or want to be a parent or want to be married or not. Frankly, all the research points out that lifelong happiness, overall satisfaction, and health is more about the quality of our relationships, not checking the box on marriage as though it's some kind of finish line that you have to get to to be able to start your adulthood or, or start your life in earnest. Here's a little snippet from my book, Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together that I wrote back in 2019 all about this in a section called Partners and Professional Success. Quote, first, it's significant to note that people in high-quality relationships have higher levels of happiness and health than those who are in the wrong relationship, which can be incredibly destructive to one's health. And for those who do find themselves in a relationship gone south, it's more socially acceptable than ever for women to GTFO or get the out. Being single time and again is found to be better for your health and happiness by far than being in a low quality relationship. So let's not make marriage into some achievement or some end goal in and of itself. That's a misguided, if well-intentioned, socialized belief that's been ingrained in women from the very start of our lives that is important to push back on. Second, I think it's critically important that all of us do our part to normalize ambitious women and, frankly, expect more from men. Research shows that when men are present, heterosexual women actually downplay our own ambition because we know it's costly to us. In another snippet from Bossed Up, here's what I write. Recent business school study, for instance, researchers found that single women reported lower levels of career ambition, lower desired pay, lower tolerance for work travel when they were required to share their goals publicly among their peers. When women knew that their responses would only be seen by a career counselor, single women and attached women answered similarly with higher self-reported ambitions. Researchers concluded that part of what caused the single women to aim lower when sharing their goals with their classmates was the fear of reducing their appeal in the, quote, marriage marketplace. We as ambitious women cannot be complicit in building our own gilded cage. I would rather be unabashedly ambitious and alone 
going to feel like I have to mask my true self for the sake of being in a marriage in which I cannot even be my true self, right? If we are in the dating arena, dampening down our own ambitions, then we're basically attracting someone who's attracted to that reduced ambition form of you. So I think it's really critically important to avoid later frustrations by allowing ourselves to be fully seen as vulnerable and scary and risky as that can feel. So what we can control in that arena, in that equation, is how we are, I don't want to say marketing ourselves in the dating pool, but truly how we are presenting ourselves to prospective romantic partners to begin with. My final sort of takeaway for us today is it is a-okay and we need to give ourselves permission to be ambitious about love, right? I not only think it's important for us to normalize women's ambition generally, I think it's critically important to say, look, I've got career goals. I'm going to take action to make those goals a reality. And I have love and relationship goals. And I'm going to take proactive measures to make those goals a reality. One last snippet from my book in which I talk about the in-person training programs that we've hosted at Boss Stop and how many women who have very clear goals in their professional lives kind of struggle on the personal front. I write, I'm often struck by how many of our ambitious attendees who are happy to rattle off the audacious goals they have for their careers are sheepish when it comes to articulating what they want out of love. It's like we've been told not to ask for what we really want out of our relationships. Or it's as if saying it out loud might jinx our chances. Or maybe, just maybe, so many of us carry with us the wounds we suffered from past experiences and know only what we don't want in our lives and lose sight of what we would love in our love lives. Either way, at the end of the day, it's hard to be goal-oriented in this arena because it's not all on us, right? We can't predict what someone else is going to do or want or how he or she might evolve or what might change. But hold up. Isn't that true about all of our other goals too? Our careers, our health? See, those excuses don't hold up for me anymore. I think it's time for us to give ourselves permission to explore and articulate what we really want out of our love lives, especially in terms of how they relate to our professional ambitions, end quote. I think the bottom line here is that we need to give ourselves as ambitious women permission to actively pursue the kind of relationships that we want in our lives and also to actively pivot away from relationships that aren't meeting those expectations. This is a conversation that is way more robust than we could possibly have on a Boss Tip episode, but I think it's a starting point, right? We all have to be talking more about this. Women among women, men among men have to be talking more about this. And of course, yes, women in conversation with the men in our lives, romantically or otherwise. I'm no expert myself. I I speak really humbly about these things because it's frankly, kind of how I approach my own marriage, which 
is going on five years strong this August. How exciting. But I, I really feel like if I'm humble about my own marriage and the strength of my own relationship, it prevents me from taking it for granted. If I just expect that because we said some vows to each other at a marriage ceremony that my marriage is just going to continue, I worry that'll make me complacent about actively investing in my relationship, about recommitting to each other, about actively choosing each other, and being intentional about how we're supporting each other. Part of my marriage vows went, I want to make you as happy as you make me. And that line really resonates and rings true to sort of how I behave in my own marriage as a very ambitious woman. I feel like no one, none of us know what the future holds. But one thing I do know is that my relationships are more important to me than anything else in my life. And I hope that I continue to show up in my life and how I spend my time reflecting that value. So happy Valentine's Day, y'all. I don't know where that leaves us other than possibly needing to pour myself a glass of Pinot Noir and talk about this for hours with my girlfriends. Um, but I'm curious to hear from you. Like, what do you make of all the data that makes it so hard for ambitious women to be optimistic about their marriages and their love lives in general? How are you negotiating those terms in your own relationships? And what lessons can we draw? What bright spots can we find uh, in folks who are breaking the mold to make this possible, to, to make possible, you know, caring deeply about your career and caring deeply for your partner and expecting the same in return. I'd love to hear from you. So let's keep the conversation going in our Bossed Up group on LinkedIn. You can find the link to join that group in today's show notes. And until next time, let's keep Boston in pursuit of our purpose, our careers, our partners, our love lives. And let's keep lifting as we climb.